Before I entered the seminary, I did a couple of seasons with the U.S. Forest Service as a firefighter um, working in Northern California, but because the U.S. Forest Service was a federal agency, we would often go to different states like Oregon and Idaho, Utah, Montana, all up in the Pacific Northwest fighting forest fires. And I was with the crew of 10 to 12, um, varied on the year and part of the season, you know, whether people uh, stayed on and had other obligations, were in college, etc. But you really get to know the same, like, 10 people very well when you're just moving all over uh, the western states and the mountains and camping out and working on fires for sometimes two weeks at a time. Um, but some of the fires we would go on were very, very large and had tons and tons of these 10 or 20 people crews um, and one sort of command unit that would, as an incident happened, they would assemble, okay, somebody from the Forest Service, somebody from the state agencies, someone from the BLM, and there was all sorts of like power structures and bureaucracy. And we, the firefighters, the grunts on the ground, often didn't feel very paid attention to. It's sort of like the military, like this huge power structure with a huge chain of command. The people at the bottom often feel like it's hurry up and wait, you know? Like you gotta get to the job site, you gotta get to the fire, you know, we are crucial, we gotta be at the ground troops on the ground, and then you get there, and you're like, what do we do? And the command is like, I don't know, just sit and wait, we'll tell you what to do later. And so sometimes our jobs felt very mundane and sort of pointless. I remember one time, um, it was a fire in Idaho, and we were on this guy's huge ranch in the middle of nowhere. It took us two hours on logging roads to get to this guy's ranch. And we couldn't see the fire. The people that were fighting the actual fire directly were miles away from us. We were just sort of protecting this guy's property to make sure that when the fire did come, if it did, that he, his property wouldn't be destroyed. And so one afternoon, we find ourselves, me and my 10 closest buddies, are digging little holes around his fence posts in his pasture where his horses are feeding. And we're like, we're trying to save these fence posts? Why are we here, you know? And then, uh, as pointless as that work felt, then somebody said, oh, look, a rattlesnake. And they were like, okay, try to get the rattlesnake away. And then, oh, look, another rattlesnake. We found ourselves in the middle of a rattlesnake den doing the most pointless job we could possibly imagine out in the middle of nowhere. And so we just left. We just went back to camp. And there was no confidence that what we were doing as the sort of arm of this huge agency was actually making any real difference. And it was actually putting us in some danger. Have you ever felt that way? That someone in charge of you doesn't know what they're doing or doesn't care about you, doesn't know even what you're doing? And that sometimes it puts you in positions that are at best boring and worthless and at worst dangerous and could kill you. <laughs> Have you ever felt that way about God? Have you lost faith that there is meaning behind all of this, that you're in some situation, you're called on to do some obligation, and you're like, what is the point of this? Is there a point? Can I trust in it? Can I put myself totally in this, or am I just going to quit? Do I just, like, I can't do it anymore. Does that despair, that boredom, that lack of faith destroy our morale? The apostles today say something kind of mysterious to the Lord. They say, increase our faith. Increase our faith. They have some intuition that Jesus can do this. He can give them more faith. And Jesus equally mysteriously responds, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that mulberry bush, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. What is he talking about? 
It's just obviously hyperbole, right? Has any Christian ever actually done that? Said, mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the ocean. You just see this mulberry tree like floating there with roots down to the bottom of the sea. Like, it's, it's a ridiculous image. But, but what Jesus is saying, I think, is that if you had even a little bit of faith, you can't imagine the power you would have. And in some ways, faith is power, faith in God. But why? It's a paradox. Why would faith in someone else give you power in your own, on your own terms, you, that you could all of a sudden start ordering things around, that you could govern and make a difference in, in the world around you because you had faith, not in yourself, but in God? Faith is power, the Lord is saying. St. Paul, in the second reading, is saying something similar. He says, Stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. Bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. Faith is power. Faith is strength. It's endurance. It's self-control. What does this mean? It's getting at something actually just basic to our essence, our nature as human beings or as creatures, which is that we can do nothing on our own. Jesus says this at the Last Supper. I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Not apart from me, you can do very little. Or apart from me, you're going to make mistakes. Apart from me, you can do exactly zero. That apart from God, without faith in God, We can do nothing. We are God's creatures. We are his breath, his life, his energy, his creation. We can do nothing on our own. But with faith in him, there's nothing we cannot do. Nothing is impossible for God, Mary says at the Annunciation. Or the angel Gabriel says it to Mary, but she believes it. Nothing will be impossible for God if you have faith in him. And the very problem with us as human creatures is that we... Don't believe that. We're Adam and Eve in the garden. Eh, I don't know if I can trust this guy, God, this creator. Maybe I should go off on my own. Maybe I should do my own will. Maybe he isn't looking out for me. Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing, or he's keeping something from me, or he's a bad boss. And we go off on our own. What Jesus is saying is, come back, have faith. If you even had a little bit of faith in God, you'll see. You can do more than you could possibly imagine. But what does it look like to have confidence in God and to have this power, this self-control, this strength, this endurance that St. Paul is talking about? Well, St. Paul is writing these words from prison. He's imprisoned for his faith in God. He later is martyred for his faith in God, like the rest of the apostles, like many of the early martyrs in the church who showed their endurance and their faith in God precisely through suffering. To have faith in God is not and to to experience the power that flows through one when they trust that there is meaning behind all of this, that God is watching out, that someone much more powerful than me and much wiser than me is looking out for me and has a plan, it doesn't mean that now I'm going to fly around in my private jet, I'm never going to have any problems, all my family is going to be healthy, everything's going to be hunky-dory. That's not what it looks like. It looks like Christ on the cross, but perfectly obedient to the Father. There's this book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He was a Holocaust survivor, Jewish Holocaust survivor, who came up with a a concept called logotherapy, meaning the therapy of meaning. 
And he experienced in the, in the concentration camps that some people made it through this harrowing suffering and remained human. And some were broken. Some went down to their least, like the, the lowest form of survival and would often cheat and steal and, and hurt people much weaker than them. They'd use their, their strength in order to dominate so that they would at least make it through this horrible suffering. And many of them didn't. But some did retain their humanity, remain generous, looked out for the weak and the suffering. Even though they were suffering so much, they would think of the suffering of others. And it was because they had some meaning behind it, some love, that even if they couldn't understand, why am I suffering? How does this make sense? That this evil is, is oppressing me. That they believed that there was some meaning. And he uses this analogy of a monkey that has some kind of disease, like diabetes, a chronic disease, where the treatment is some injection, like insulin. And the monkey cannot understand what insulin is, what a pancreas is, what blood sugar means. All he feels is this prick in his arm every day from the doctor to make sure that he doesn't die, that he's able to process the blood sugar. He cannot understand because he's not on the level of a human being, of a doctor. He can't, even if the doctor explained it in the simplest possible terms, just by nature, a monkey cannot understand. He says that maybe it's something like that, that faith in God is like that. We are not on his level. Right? There is no way that we could possibly understand the mystery and the meaning of God. But we believe that he exists, that he is infinitely higher than me, that he is watching out for me. It doesn't mean never having these moments. Faith in God does not mean never having the moments where you're digging up a, a, some grass around a fence post in order to keep it from burning and you have rattlesnakes all around you and you're like, what am I doing here? How does this make any sense? Is anyone looking out for me? Sometimes we feel that way about God and that's okay. But in those moments, we call ourselves back to the mustard seed, to that little coal that we want to fan into flame, as St. Paul says, that this smallest bit of faith that, yeah, I know it feels that way, but the truth of the matter is that the Lord does know better than me. That I can't tell him, you know what, I don't think that this is the right plan. I'm going to go do my own. Because every single time, that ends in disaster. But to enter into the experience of that suffering with the confidence of faith, apart from God, we can do nothing. But with him, nothing will be impossible.